We're always looking for creative solutions, but the world is complex and sometimes we need help. Structured documentation can get us there without stifling creativity, but by rather inspiring practical creativity. Welcome to There's a Better Way, a podcast series focused on exploring how operational excellence principles can provide solutions in your personal and professional life. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss problems we face in our world today. This program is brought to you by the Master of Business Operational Excellence. Welcome to There's a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Dr. Elliot Bendoli, a distinguished professor of management sciences at The Ohio State University. Welcome to the program, Elliot. Thank you. Elliot, uh, tell us more about yourself. What do you do? What kind of research do you do? Sure. So I study how people make decisions in the presence of a lot of information and uh, a great deal of uncertainty about how to make use of it. I look at biases and heuristics. I look at how people have dynamics in the way that they make decisions. And I also think about how they use and misuse tools (laughs) and the expertise around them in getting there. And I also teach this in class. I teach a class on development of decision support tools. And I create some of those tools myself and host it on a site called uh, www.blackbelt-apps.com where we highlight some of what I've developed, some of what my students have developed, and the general curriculum and and what what I teach in in the uh, development of good tools and good methods. Okay, that's actually very useful uh, knowledge for our listeners where they could go in and like download some of these things. So you mentioned tools earlier. This is something that uh, we all have, right? So we are now in this digital world where we have too much of a tools, right? And then uh, as a good manager, as a good person, you've got to understand how and when we're going to use these tools. Like so today, for instance, we're going to uh, start this conversation around structuring problems Mm -hmm. because... uh, there is a lot of things that people talk about structuring problems, but still, like uh, people fail in really articulating problems, and then and that results in like inferior solutions. So, tell us more about from your experience working with managers. What are some important things that people should do when they think about solving a problem and structuring a problem? Well, many think about problems. Who, who, who those who do think about the the right way to go about problem solving. Uh, and they view the development of an objective, a goal, as being the most important step. And that's pretty close. But I would say even more fundamental to knowing what you're trying to accomplish is having a strong foundation, a framework, an approach that you can use to scaffold the details of your problem. You need to outline certainly the objective, what you're pursuing. You can't get anywhere without that. But you also have to outline the levers that you can use to pursue that objective. You've got to outline your limitations. Uh, There are a lot of frameworks out there. I I tend to recommend to my students and those in practice something called the outcome cycle and along with it an associated systems-oriented A3 and analysis decision tree. But no matter what framework or approach you use, You've got to make sure that it allows you the opportunity to document your ideas and to revise those ideas because you're going to want to revise those ideas down the road. Okay, so so in terms of ideas, again, the ideas change because you develop ideas, you test ideas, you refine ideas, so the whole idea, right? That's right. So yes. tell us more about this outcome cycles because uh, it's new to me, actually, as an audience. What, what does this framework do? 
so the framework is, is uh, one part uh, documentation, which allows you to outline the facts and really, really pushes you to consider what alternative objectives or goals you might be pursuing. Because there may be many. Look, we live in a complicated world, and uh, we have many uh, different per, uh, pursuits that we might uh, follow, and we have colleagues who have different interests and, and sometimes conflicting interests. We should document the goals that we and, and others uh, could have and, and could uh, improve upon. It's a little bit like thinking about the theory of constraints. When we, when we talk about constraints, we talk about the importance of identifying bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. We don't always get there immediately. But it's important for us to outline all of the possible constraints that limit us so that we can pick the right one mm -hmm. to, to work towards um, uh, elevating or, or eliminating. And the same thing holds with objectives. We, we often, obje objectives are actually the uh, in intention of reducing uh, limitations on our ability to perform as an organization. And we could pick the wrong ones. So we have to be able to uh, know what alternatives exist. Knowing those alternatives also help us understand the, uh, how the impact of our decisions can impact other aspects of our organization, for better or for worse. So the more we document these things, the better off we're going to be. Documenting objectives, documenting those levers, those decisions, we, we call them utility variables because they provide use uh, towards the pursuit of those objectives, outlining the constraints, the, the limitations that bind how we can modify, how we can push those levers in one direction or another, the limits to performance on the objective of interest. And the documentation process allows us to communicate our ideas to others, to mm -hmm. ourselves. It allows us to back up, make corrections. Uh, without it, um, we would have a lot of difficulty. Mm -hmm. So in terms of documentation, this is interesting for me, Elliot. Like, are there any best practices? Like, I, I can see myself, like, getting an idea and then writing it on a piece of paper yeah. and then store yeah. what, or, or like writing something on my BlackBerry or my phone. Sure. And so are there any good ways that you recommend people should document? And Because you mentioned documenting is not alone enough. It, it, it's that, true. Making it's that true. visible so, to so, so, so just giving you a piece of paper <laughs> is, is not uh, necessarily going to be enough. Mm -hmm. You could talk about um, to what extent structure stifles creativity, but I actually think that structure can enhance creativity. Mm. I could tell you to go into the woods and solve a problem for me and ask you to come back with a solution. You'd have a hard time without any way of documenting your ideas. Mm. Documenting your ideas actually helps give form to them, helps you rationalize what ideas make sense, mm. uh, what where facts exist as opposed to opinions, say. And uh, giving you a structured approach to documenting is going to help. Also, making sure that you, you, know, you have a pencil instead of an indelible marker is important. Mm -hmm. I want you to make uh, decisions about what the problem is and be able to correct those decisions as you think more about mm -hmm. that. The structure that the outcome cycle, for example, advances is one in which you outline facts, you outline what you think are both the, uh, the most relevant objective or goal, as well as other candidates. Mm. You list those candidates. That's a, that's a critical step in this documentation process. And then from there, you start documenting what you think you can do uh, to change how your organization operates towards those objectives. And again, you're going to put down what levers are obvious, mm -hmm. and you're going to put down other candidates too, because who knows, you might want to go back to those. You might not think about needing to change them immediately, but as you evolve your thinking, mm -hmm. 
you may want to return to those. And the same thing uh, follows when in the next stage when you start outlining the constraints, the limitations, and the way in which decisions are in fact connected to outcomes, which may not be linear. They may not be strictly uh, sequential. Mm-hmm. They, they, they may ha- involve feedback loops. Mm. And all of this uh, you need to write down. Okay. So you mentioned this is, uh, I'm getting to that point where you mentioned structure is actually useful for creativity because um, I'm a firm believer in that. But I want to hear your thoughts on it because oftentimes when I go and talk to a designer, when I go and talk to somebody who's working in that design space, they always say, oh, don't put structure in me. I've got to think outside mm-hmm. the box. But then you're saying right now, is okay, structure can help you actually uh, be more creative. Are there any specific examples that you can think of where you can see that structure helps creativity? Maybe if I turn the question around, how can structure Im- impede creativity? If you are working with a structure that, um, that requires you to commit to mm. decisions made early on and um, makes it difficult for you to return to those decisions, that, that would definitely stifle creativity. You know, incidentally, in the absence of a structure, we're going to make assumptions about what is important. And without actually going through the process of writing these ideas down, mm. we reduce the extent to which we're processing these ideas mm. and, and scrutinizing them. Uh, and so it, it makes it less likely, in the absence of documentation, for us to uh, be critical of our own ideas. When we document things, when we write things up, and we um, uh, anticipate others perhaps looking at Mm. our documentation, we are forced to come to terms with whether or not the assumptions that we are making Mm. are reasonable or not. Mm. When we don't document, we keep much of our most of our information uh, tacitly. Mm -hmm. We do not; uh, it's not explicit to others. And so we can use a little bit of smoke and mirrors and get away with things that don't really make sense. And whether we're doing that deliberately or not, it's, it does happen. Yeah. Uh, and so what documentation does is it inspires creativity. It also inspires rationalization. It, uh, the best kinds of frameworks don't uh, impede creativity but mm. inspire them. And it also makes sure that the, the creativity that we develop is useful. Yeah. And it, it, it allows you to communicate across different people, right? So so I, I like this idea. In fact, I, um, I I can see another way of thinking about documentation. It allows you to reflect, That's right? right? So uh, That's once right. you write something, and I like this way of you saying that, don't write on a, a, an ink, write on a pencil so that That's you can right. actually That's erase, analogy. right? Correct. That's the analogy yes. where yeah. you say that I have an idea, I write it down, and that writing it down allows me to like communicate to my colleagues, my peers, but also writing it down allows me to reflect. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. maybe like reflecting on that idea, not uh, immediately, but maybe 12 hours after you write it down, you might actually think differently. Yeah. And that allows you to like go in a different direction. No, there's entire psychology studies on the importance of, do- of documenting and the value that uh, we, we gain cognitively by the process of writing things down. And it applies here as well. Okay, that is great, Elliot. So let's talk about, again, going back to structuring problems. Documenting is very important. Documenting, reflecting is very important. Now, how do you like think about like engaging people? Because as you mentioned, documenting alone is not important, mm-hmm. but helping like that uh, information available to everybody is important. What are your thoughts on that? How is that? Yeah, so like as I said in the beginning, I, I do study how people interact with others mm-hmm. uh, who have expertise. And it's, uh, it's tough to do that when you have different individuals from different backgrounds 
with different dialects, so to speak, mm-hmm. of it, it, from a professional standpoint. It's hard to sometimes communicate verbally your ideas and have them think about and process those ideas because the words we use when we speak are, are different. They're, in fact, they're, they're different from the words we use when we write, too. Mm-hmm. When we write, we are also uh, in the position to think about how others might view those words. And we can, again, correct them to make them more digestible by other uh, audiences and, and other colleagues who have different ways of thinking of things. Uh, those individuals looking at our documentation and our notes that we take also have a better position to be able to correct or advocate for different directions. And as we share our ideas with them in a very codified way, mm. in a structured and codified way, they're going to have an easier time suggesting improvements on our ideas. And after all, we are making decisions, not in a vacuum. Mm. We have other stakeholders with different objectives, again. And, and so helping us to prioritize what's important, helping us to avoid missteps that might inadvertently impact others uh, in, a, in a bad way, mm-hmm. uh, that's what can come out of sharing your, your notes and your ideas through structured documentation. Okay, that's interesting, Elliot. So can you give us some examples of like companies where they had they had a different take on these things, and then uh, but then they, uh, but then as they started using mm-hmm. them, they ended up actually getting value. Yeah, certainly. Well, so first of all, I'll say it's hard to think of a organization that's never faced a problem that they've had to redirect. Okay, it's easy to begin. We, again, as I say, we all have assumptions, we all have biases. We we think we know what we need to solve. But often we have to change uh, that direction or, uh, or else we will spend a lot of money getting nothing accomplished. Mm. So I can think of, uh, I'll, I'll list a couple of examples here. One, one is of an organization that manufactures consumer electronic goods, a range of these products. And at one point they noticed that some of their, one of their items was being uh, purchased and returned uh, at a at high frequency and a whole bunch of different excuses were being given by the, the consumers for why the returns were taking place. They thought that perhaps it was a quality issue. So they spent time and effort looking into the quality of the product that was being returned. They even made some investments in improvements in the quick turnaround. Had no impact on the return rate of the product. They only found out by communicating with their retailers that it was a uh, return process that took place when another product was out, uh, out of stock and when it, that say, that other product came back in that that, that created this dynamic of, mm. uh, of return. It wasn't a quality issue at all. It was an inventory issue. And in fact, it was an inventory issue that wasn't even uh, related to the product being returned. It was an inventory issue for a different product mm. altogether Interesting. that was being substituted for. But they only discovered that because they were communicating with their retailer okay. with this problem. They were trying to solve a problem uh, by themselves, but in the absence of the input from that other party, they were not getting anywhere. Fortunately, they were open to change. Mm. They were okay. open to, to going down a different path. Mm. And it's, uh, it's that openness that really um, and, uh, makes for quick turnarounds mm. in problem solving. That's, that's very interesting. So can you think of, uh, Elliot, like where some of these things can fail? So yes. Structure sure. and documenting are useful, as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, allows you to communicate, allows you to reflect, allows you to go back and forth. Are there any, uh, too much of this? Are, they, are there any downsides where people can use this too much and fail? 
Well, <laughs> I would say failure would be a, a case where you approach a problem solving uh, scenario and you don't come up with a solution that's tenable or, or has, a, has any kind of an impact or it doesn't have the impact that in the direction that you'd hope it to have or maybe it has negative consequences uh, that uh, you had not anticipated. So all of those are kinds of failures that can come out of problem solving. But I, I would say that the, um, the, the use of a, of a structured documentation framework uh, in itself would only be uh, result in a failure if it's misused, mm. if it's not used appropriately. One, one common failing is someone makes takes this structure, they start outlining uh, the objectives or goals, they move immediately on to outlining the decisions that are available to modify, and they go through constraints, and they go through the process, go through the documentation process in a strictly linear fashion, and when they get to the end, they stop. And they never take time to revise. They never take time to scrutinize. They never take time to take the input from others uh, into consideration, maybe because they're never sharing this documentation with mm -hmm. others. So th the result may be that you, you get a prescription that is not, again, it's not tenable. It's a, it doesn't have a kind of uh, an impact because the framework was not used appropriately. The appropriate use of the framework is, yes, documentation, but also revision. You've got to be willing to go back. Mm -hmm. It's tough. I know it's really tough for individuals to go back and admit they were wrong about something, but you have to be able to admit you're wrong and move on because that's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. So the, the, the framework is not one in which, or as you would say, any documentation framework are, are not ones in which it's an assignment for someone to complete and when you get done, you're done. No, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a virtuous cycle. Okay. It's intended I've, to be repetitive. I, I like this idea of, again, even like when documenting failures, as you said, that allows you to actually like so uh, help you better. I mean, the the easiest example I can think of in my mind is the, the whole evolution of post-it notes. If you think about post-it notes, uh, the whole product came out uh, from 3M right. because of a failure. Right. And not just because of a failure, but these two scientists were able to document what failed. Mm -hmm. So I like that idea of documenting not just allows you to creative solutions, but you come up with some things, you take through this linear cycle, and you end up with a failed idea. Absolutely. But having that documented allows you to like develop new ideas. So a failed loop. That's right. Gave rise to a new objective. Yeah, exactly. And the new objective was how do we produce these useful products, products. in an effective way. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's the, the idea that we're never done improving. Mm -hmm. We're never done generating ideas. It, that spirit, if it, if it embodies an individual who's in the position to be a problem solver and making use of a, of a framework such as this, that's probably going to show in yeah. their ability to uh, redirect and make changes and make modifications to rethink and scrutinize and be willing to um, accept mistakes and, and uh, build beyond those. Yeah, and in fact, like as you mentioned earlier, accept mistakes and have a psychologically safe environment to bring up these mistakes is very important. For sure. So in terms, I really like this conversation. In fact, what I learned from what I think is the amazing benefits of documentation, how it actually helps people, uh, not just to uh, reflect, but also communicate, and how it can be a, a real uh, factor, a catalyst for creativity, and that allows organizations to think about this. I also like your idea of saying outcome cycles is not linear. 
it's that idea of okay going back and forth and iteration is mm -hmm. always important when yeah. when solving problems so these are some very useful insights for our Good. listeners in terms of how do you think about solving problems so i want to thank uh, you for your time oh, you're more than welcome this has been a really good conversation and i learned a lot about how to think about problem solving differently fantastic thank you so much my pleasure We hope you've enjoyed this episode of There's a Better Way. To listen to our other episodes and for more information on the Master of Business and Operational Excellence, please visit go.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.